Hello and welcome to the PharmaForum podcast. I'm your host, Jonah Comstock. When a patient is referred to physical therapy after an injury, the journey towards recovery can be long and difficult as bodies are retrained and repaired through careful movements overseen by a qualified physical therapist. But can technology make that journey easier? It's an area that's seen a lot of innovation in the era of digital health and one that's of special interest to the healthcare VR sector. My guest today is Gita Berry, EVP and General Manager at Penumbra, a company creating therapeutic VR technology for these patients. Welcome to the show, Gita. Thanks for having me, Jonah. So um, tell me a little bit about yourself and about Penumbra um, and the, wor- the work you do now in, in healthcare and VR. So uh, I lead our immersive healthcare business at Penumbra. Penumbra is a healthcare company that started in medical devices. Um, and in fact, we're mostly known for our incredible medical devices that are used in the interventional suite. We started very much in the area of stroke um, and advanced ourselves into all sorts of vascular diseases, but really with a focus on intervention. Um, and so we happened our way into VR, not because we are a VR company or a tech company. Uh, we happened our way into VR because we saw an opportunity to continue to help stroke patients along their journey. Um, and the more that we learned about VR and the amount of incredible academic research that's out there around how VR can um, address the neuroplasticity of the brain and really help rehab patients, we said, well, we got to do this. And the right technology came along. And this is how we ended up today with an immersive healthcare business. Awesome. Let's talk a little bit about therapeutic VR. I mean, there's so many facets to it and, and aspects, but let's focus in on on where you guys are focused first, this idea that it can really like can help to reshape our brains in, in a therapeutic way. Uh, talk me through the science of that a little bit. So the idea behind it is there's actually multiple levels, right? So one is, it's just, can you go have fun and rehab? Um, oftentimes you talk to folks and you say, did you ever have fun when you went and you were working on improving your range of motion or getting that range of motion back um, or being able to learn to use your limb in a different way or working on postural control? Um, no one ever said that experience was necessarily fun. Um, they say it was meaningful. They talk about how important their therapist is. Um, but fun is not always a word that they describe their therapy experiences to, to be part of. And so Um, First and foremost, VR creates this incredibly engaging experience in a way that, especially with clinically founded applications and activities, you can do some really creative things to really engage the patient in the activities, which increases their motivation and increases just their overall satisfaction with the experience, which means they get more out of it. So if you did nothing else, but simply made rehab more fun, wouldn't that be great? Um, And that's where we're starting from. Patients are more satisfied. Patients show up more. They're more motivated. They demonstrate even some of those first sessions that they do. We've heard this from therapists, that they show their therapists they can do so much more than what they expected from what they were doing with just traditional therapy alone. In addition to that, right? So if that's not enough, there's this concept that the brain called neuroplasticity. And this is where the brain can literally rewire itself. And you can almost describe it as what we can do in VR is show the brain that the limbs can do these activities. They can move in this motion and it will actually help the brain rewire itself. Um, And so it will help bring that. So if it's in the concept, for example, with mirror therapy and you have a deficit in one arm, but not the other arm, but we can show both arms moving. These concepts of mirror therapy are there. It's just mirror therapy is not particularly easy to do in a traditional sense. 
much easier to do in the world with VR. And we don't just do it in one way, we do it in a way that we can customize it to the patient. Um, and so by offering a number of customizable settings, we really are just enabling therapists to be able to do all of their great work in new ways to get the most out of those therapy sessions with their patients. So a lot of traditional VR, um, you, you need to use your, your limbs, for instance, to control. Um, so how do you set up this, this mirror therapy uh, with people who maybe don't have that controller? That's what they're working on. Um, is, is it, have you kind of changed with the, the input modalities on the VR? We have. So if you think about a traditional gaming headset, you're going to end up with a headset and two handheld controllers. Um, you can do a lot with handheld controllers, right? There's no doubt that you can do that. But what if you don't have the grip strength? What if you can't measure from that location? What if you want to be able to do something and hold something in your hand? Um, the real system um, and the real system Y series, which is our rehabilitation product, um, offers the combination of a full um, system that has the VR technology, as well as our own proprietary tra tracking technology um, that tracks. Um, we've actually placed sensors using Velcro straps on hands and elbows, um, as well as the waist, um, in order for us to be able to track the patient um, and track the movements that they're making, but without assuming that they have necessarily the ability to manage a lot of weight or the grip strength to hold a controller. And so we are measuring and demonstrating those movements because we want to have this incredible immersive experience because we know that the more you're immersed, the more you get out of the experience. So talk to me on, on the business side. How does this get from you, from your hands or into or your labs into the hands of patients? Are you working through providers? Are you working through um, reps or, or what, what's the process like there? So much like a pharmaceutical company, like a medical device company, we have a whole incredible team of trained representatives, including an incredible team of clinical specialists that are trained occupational therapists and physical therapists or others in that, in that field. Um, and what we do is we work directly with therapists, whether that's in large hospital settings, large hospital networks, all the way through to small private practice clinics. Um, to help them implement this technology in their own unique experiences to get the most for that particular patient group. So you can see it in home health, the mobile device, it's something that comes in a suitcase. You can plug it in anywhere where you can get to a plug. Um, so it's not just something that has to be used inside of a large setting um, because it's not dependent on camera-based technology. Um, you can think about those large motion capture labs, which where a lot of VR can be held because you've got to have all the cameras to be able to see and track. Our system is fully contained. It's wireless. Um, so it really has a lot of flexibility in terms of the different kinds of settings where it can be used. Um, and our team is there to help support in setting uh, with clinicians and their patients. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to ask about next is, is how... Um... You know, as a software, as a as a device, how autonomous is it? How much is it something the patient can you know, just do? And how much is it really done in, in collaboration with the therapist in the, in the room? It's a great question. Today, it's designed really intended for the therapist to do with their patient, similar to how they might use a treadmill or they might use a ball or bands or weights. Um, therapists want to be with their patients because they want to supervise those sessions. They want to make sure those patients are safe. Um, and they're safe not just using the equipment itself, but equipment with the exercises with those with that particular equipment. And so we started from that same modality 
because we wanted to give therapists the confidence that incorporating this new technology would allow them to, again, keep their patients safe, but get so much more out of that experience. You can only imagine, though, where the possibilities are in the future as we continue to collaborate with therapists and clinicians around what they'd like to do next with this kind of technology to continue to advance their patients as, they, as, as therapy continues to advance overall. You mentioned that one of the reasons you got involved in this was just realizing that the science was here. Um, and, and so I'm, I'd love to hear a little bit about that. You know, what, what kind of evidence is out there for this? What's been accomplished in, you know, in lab settings? And, and you know, why, why should folks be confident that this is really uh, a viable therapeutic modality? Researchers have been studying VR in healthcare for more than 25 years. Um, we have partnered with leading researchers like Walter Greenleaf out of Stanford, Skip Rizzo out of USC, who have literally dedicated their lives to advancing VR in healthcare. And they are, they tell us about so many different things that have been discovered in labs, academic centers all around the world. But the question was, has always been, how do we get this in the hands of therapists? How do we get this in the hands of people? Because some of those systems, if you could imagine, were tethered. They had all sorts of different cables and different use cases that were good for the academic setting for to run a couple pilot experiments, in many cases, significant experiments, but harder to replicate across many of all the different kinds of use settings across therapy and particularly rehabilitation. Um, there's more than 4,000 papers published on VR in healthcare today, um, and there are hundreds in the space of VR and rehab. So we have great confidence um, in the what's out there on VR. It's been so well studied. The difference is, is that that's not even, not even as advanced of customization and software that we've built. Our platform includes very uniquely curated experiences and activities that come that are informed by therapists themselves. We've taken the existing activities that they would do. So if you did it in a traditional sense, for example. One that I like to, that I think is very relatable, if you think about an occupational therapist, an occupational therapist, one of the activities they may be doing with a patient is demonstrating to the patient back in their kitchen. Can they have the mobility that they need to be able to take a box of cereal, for example, from the counter to a shelf or a plate from the counter to the shelf? That's something that we all generally do in our kitchen. They put, we put something away in a cabinet or a shelf. Um, but that activity is very fixed. The where the where the counter is and where the shelf is, you really only have one shot at that, right? And whether you can reach it or not is really dependent on that distance between that counter and the shelf. There's no in-between shelf to place it on. What we can do in VR is we can replicate that activity, but A, one, we're not gonna put you in a kitchen. Because um, if you're thinking about the kitchen, then you're thinking about, can I do this in my kitchen? Instead, we take you to a bird forest. Um, and in that bird forest, we allow you to take birds and we have you place them in nests. And as you place those birds in nests, we can adjust that reach. We can adjust the distance. We can adjust like how far out you do it. We can adjust all the different planes. And so the therapist can progress that patient such that if they're not able to take that plate yet to the shelf, AKA that bird to that nest, they could take them to an interim nest and grow and test that patient over time and really progress them to being able to do that activity in their kitchen. And so that's to us the magic of VR. And so one, you need to have the activities and the experiences to advance the patient. So you have to have those 
things that will engage the patient that represent the clinical exercises that they may do. But you also have to have this incredible world that we call therapy view, where you can customize those settings and really unlock that for a therapist to really build this journey for their patient. And that's just with one exercise. That's just one that I've just described. We can do that in so many different ways. Another piece of this that I, I fascinates me about VR is, is the idea that you know, not only are you providing this experience, but in order to do that, you have to measure everything that the patient's doing. And so then you have this data and, and historically, and correct me if I'm wrong, but historically in, in things like occupational therapy, it's been very hard to have real concrete quantitative data on, on how the patient is doing, nothing on the scale of what we get here. So t- talk to me a little bit about that, that piece of it, the measurement piece. There's so many objective measurements that we can address because we have this technology, we have the sensor technology, we have the experience of the patient in the VR headset. The real question is what's meaningful. Right, just because we can collect it doesn't mean that it's going to help anyone. Um, and so our team is working very closely with occupational therapists and physical therapists, rec therapists, speech therapists to really understand what's meaningful to them. And so we include information, for example, on the platform today that includes range of motion information in activity. Um, we would never suggest that you would take that range of motion information and replace that with your standard assessments. The goal is to give the therapist more information that help them choose what should that next activity look like? How would they customize this for the patient? Um, Other things that we provide are session information. Just the amount of time that someone spends in VR, how much time they spend in a particular activity in VR is also incredibly meaningful information. We can break down for them which area of focus that they spent the most time in across a series of sessions. So if you were working on postural and trunk control, you could see over a progression over time, I worked on five minutes or three minutes of postural trunk control the first time that we did a session, but now four, five, six sessions in, we're up to 15 minutes. It also tells you how much the patient is starting to tolerate, which is something even more meaningful at times than that range of motion information, because I might be able to reach it once, but can I sustain it? Can I sustain those kinds of activities? So VR and being able to collect this information You could imagine a therapist could figure it out over time, but they don't have the time or the tools to figure that out with their traditional therapies. We can do that with VR therapy. And so many more things. I'm like, the team has so many great lists of things that they want to add. It's great. Well, so that's exactly, I mean, we've got a little time left. Um, I want to hear what you're excited about. Um, What are are some of the things that, you know, that you're seeing that you've never, never would have thought of, or or that you think are are cool or, or, or particularly, I guess, impactful for, you know, for this treatment modality and for the industry? We're really excited because we're seeing so many use cases for VR. Because of what we're doing in rehabilitation, we see even more use cases. People come to us and say, my patients are so engaged, can I use this somewhere else? Um, We have another product that we call Real Eye Series, which is really for general wellness and I would say overall distraction therapy. Um, You see a lot of folks who are in places where just simply if we can help distract them, we can improve their overall experience. And so with our iSeries product, we have more than 20 hours of content. Um, We can send you in 360 video and we can send you across the world. You can go to Marrakesh, you can go to Rome, you can go to Paris. Um, So you can imagine where you're somewhere where you need to reduce maybe some anxious moods or you need to just, you may be feeling some pain 
some general distraction can help you with that. So we see that, for example, deployed on a hospital floor um, for patients post-surgical where they need something to just help them feel more calm while they're in those moments of recovery. We see that in chemical dependency where you've got patients that are working through other conditions, but if they have some outlet to work on guided mindfulness, for example, they can use that as a tool and VR really helps them because it takes them out of the experience that they're in and take them somewhere else. They can hang out with sloth and sloth help bring them calmness. Um, and so we see so many interesting use cases, again, chemical dependency, palliative care. Um, you can think about infusion centers. So if someone's undergoing chemotherapy, they're there for an infusion. They're there for a good 20, 30 minutes for that infusion. Could they be using VR during that time frame to again, distract them from the experience, help reduce the anxiety of the condition? Sort of these comorbid conditions that we don't always focus on because we're so focused on the moment at hand. Um, and the condition at hand when we think about therapeutic options for patients. So VR has so many incredible applications. You can think about applications in mental health, where you can also help address this, right? Whether it's more advanced pain management, whether it's more advanced helping with in vivo experiences, for example, in PTSD, you can th be thinking about how do you help with depression? Um, so I, I feel like, honestly, the options are limitless where VR can help. At the same time, we have to be cautious not to throw VR at everything because um, VR may not be appropriate for everything. Um, our technology with our iSeries allows us to connect people as well. And so there's just, as we keep introducing these new opportunities where like you can share a VR experience, we learn from clinicians each and every day about new things that they're struggling with to connect with their patients, connect with their clients in some cases, imagine in senior living facilities where family members can't come to visit because they live far away or as often you could have a headset that you can connect and you can go to Paris with your loved one. I mean, again, there are so many things that VR can offer um, and offer to help improve the real world. Um, there's so much talk of the metaverse. I think there's going to be lots of people that are going to have a lot of fun um, in a virtual world. Our experience is that in healthcare, what we're trying to do is improve real people in the real world. And if we can use some VR to enhance that for them, that's what we're looking to achieve. Um, last question. Our, our audience is, is a lot of folks in the pharma industry. Um, talk to me a little bit about some of the ways that um, pharma should be thinking about VR, um, either examples of where they are or, or things where you, know, where you think that that could be a good match. I think there's a lot of opportunities. Um, for pharma and VR. And again, I think this comes down to one could be distributed trial management, for example, um, as a way with the connect feature would be a way to connect with patients, particularly patients who are in the middle of studies where maybe there's some anxiety um, or some conditions that have some pain associated with them. It would be a great way to collect some data. There's also ways that you can bring assessments um, into VR. So there's incredible ways to be able to do that work. So a lot of the assessments that you might want to have for a patient in terms of whether that's in a clinical study or not in a clinical study. Um, there's also ways to bring in VR as a stepped therapy. We're starting to hear about some of those ideas that um, we see in the, in the pharma space around, do you bring in a VR-based option before you bring someone in to a more, I would say, rigorous drug regimen, for example? right? Depending on the compound and depending on the set of circumstances. Um, so there's a lot of different ways that I think that pharma can think about this as well. 
Um, I think there's a lot to marry together in terms of how those technologies come together. I think the real important thing is the magic around how do we make this easy for people to use? Um, gaming headsets today are designed for gaming and they're designed for really technical folks. Um, what we find really unique about our platform is that we are really building something that is easy for people to use such that VR doesn't feel like a big scary experience. Because honestly, most people haven't put a computer on their head. Um, and when they, the idea of putting a computer on your head usually goes, ooh, motion sickness. Ooh, I don't know that I wanna do that. Ooh, I may not be technical enough for that. Um, the way that VR is today um, with these tetherless systems, the incredible tracking technology that we have, um, there's a lot of opportunity. We have folks who are a wide range. We have everything from patients that are in, you know, equivalent of pediatrics all the way to patients 90s putting on VR headsets. Um, people will tell us, oh, this is for this age group. And we're like, no, actually, you'd be amazed at how quickly people pick it up regardless of their age or previous experience with VR technology. It's been really fun to see. So there's a lot of opportunities for pharma and we would love to get into those use cases. That would be great. Awesome. Thank you so much, Gita. This has been really, really interesting stuff. Um, any any final thoughts before we, we call it? No, I really just want to say thank you, Jonah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And certainly I'm, I'm here. People, you know, feel free to shoot me a message over LinkedIn if anyone's interested in learning more about VR. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. That concludes this episode of the Pharma Forum podcast. You can find more information about this episode, including a download link and information about other installments in the series at pharmaforum.com slash podcast. The Pharma Forum podcast is also available on iTunes, Spotify, Acast, Stitcher, and Podme, where you can find and subscribe by searching for Pharma Forum. And don't forget to visit our website where you can sign up for daily news and analysis bulletins and to follow us on Twitter at at PharmaForum. Thanks for listening.